Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. Today, I had the honor and joy of interviewing a new friend, Manny Mack. I came across Manny Mack on Instagram, and I'm so happy that I did because they were just so perfect to have on this podcast and such an incredible person for me to get to talk with and meet and hopefully be my new friend because they're very cool. Manny is a trans deity and queer self-intimacy coach. So we talked a lot about intimacy and the different forms and shapes it takes. Uh, We talked about queerness just in general, what it means for our whole lives to be queer, I also talked about representation and queerness, coming out, the process of that, coming out as trans, what that looked like. One thing that Manny talks about that I really love is the difference between coming out and coming into. That is something that he talked about so beautifully that I can't wait for you to learn about because I feel like it was an answer and a response to so much that I have been feeling about the process of coming out. We talked about that. We talked about spiritual trauma, internalized homophobia, gender, conditioning, lots of things, you guys. You do not want to miss this one. Go check it out. Enjoy. Manny, how is it going over there? So good. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful day. Oh, that's so awesome. Where are you exactly in the world? <laughs> I forgot to ask you that. <laughs> I am in North Carolina. Ooh, North Carolina, home of the of the wonderful One Tree Hill TV show. That's <laughs> all I know about it. <laughs> oh my gosh i hope you don't hate me for saying that i love north carolina (laughs) it's good i'm sure you i'm sure you've heard it that was my my guilty pleasure all grown up so i gotta throw it out there (laughs) awesome awesome well uh manny do you want to give a quick little intro about uh who you are and what you do to those listening because there's so much and the best person to be able to explain it all is you so if you want to just give like how you identify what your business is all the things so people know before we get started awesome yes hello everyone i am manny i am a trans deity Uh, my pronouns are he and they um i am a queer self-intimacy coach so um i specifically help queer folks, uh, BIPOC queer folks to navigate spiritual trauma, religious shame, um, and uh, as well as queer, just like sexual trauma, unlearning those things um, so that we can create healthy, thriving, beautiful relationships with ourselves first. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Manny. I'm so excited to get to get into talking about this stuff. I know that you are, well, I was listening to a podcast where you, you defined it a few different ways, uh, a sexual wellness coach or a sexual intimacy coach. Um, what, what, what term would you like to use right now for that? Absolutely. The term changes all the time because okay. I definitely do so many things. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I really love intimacy, intimacy in all of its forms, um, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, energetic, and physical. Um, and I love to take clients on a journey exploring all of those elements of intimacy. And we get to go down these beautiful rabbit holes and, um, at the same time, heal generations of trauma. Um, yeah. So like a lot of times I work with people who are the first in their family to heal their trauma. Um, mm-hmm. And they the first in their family and in a lot of different ways. Um, and the, the queer part of it all is just like the, the piece that's um, sort of connects everything in our lives. And I think, one of the biggest things is that we start to realize like the deeper we get into our queerness, that this is a 
pretty big part of our life, our lives. And it's not just like a side thing or like a, oh, I'm I'm queer. No, like my life is queer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. my entire life is queer. And like the whole thing is revolution. The from the moment that I wake up, like it's it's revolution. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. There's so much I want to get into right there with just saying that your whole life is queer. Uh, Another thing I was hearing you talk about with someone that I'll ask about later is how a lot of people when they think about or a lot of uh, straight people when they think about queer people, they just think about who we're having sex with versus how that plays into just who we are and encompasses who we are. Uh, So you had some wonderful things to say about that. But before we get started, well, actually, to get started, uh, can you please define the relationship that you have with your body? Oof. Oh, it is complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> complicated. <laughs> um, so for me, I've always had a neutral experience with my body of like, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a body. And also when... Like this year, I've socially come out as trans. And Uh so as I've been exploring that, so many things come up around my body and how it doesn't look, quote unquote, look like a a trans man's body or a trans non-binary body. Like how so many people will perceive my body to not fit with my gender. And so that's been coming up so much and I've been trying to hold that very gently um, because I recognize like societally how, how those things get characterized together and how um, like it's, it's not our fault that we carry this conditioning and that it lives Mm -hmm. in our body. Um, And so I try to be, very graceful about those things with myself and with others. Um, And so that's what's made my body relationship a bit complicated, um, partially. Um, And so I've started to get my own coaching. I'm also actively, I'm always learning and receiving as well. Um, And part of what I worked on was actually looking at my body. I never really looked at it like, even when I was like showering, it would just be like, okay, yeah, like looking at the sky. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, just like not really paying attention to my body. Um, and even when I would like wash my face, it would be like super quick and just be like, oh, whatever. Like, but one of the practices was to like slow down and really like look at my face and like gently touch it. And so like those little things help me feel connected to myself and realize like, oh, <laughs> like, my body is here for me and like we get to be friends and we get to work together and all of those things. Um, yeah. And then it gets complicated again when, when I think about my chest and how mm-hmm. I like, would like a different chest, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it gets a little bit complicated in those moments and it's always felt complicated, like in gym class, when folks would be like running so much faster than me. And I would just be like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's like quick comparison. I don't really do comparison with social media, but like in real life, when I can see everyone like excelling and like, like physically just, I remember in my gym class uh, in college, like everybody had finished their final our final exam was to run two miles and I was like the last one in class and I was just like fuck like this sucks (laughs) oh gosh oh man I have so much to say just about that in particular how that is a final because just for the record not everybody has a body that's made to be a long distance runner or a runner in general and the fact that that is used to grade someone at school is just barbaric so i am very sorry that that happened manny my gosh my gosh well thank you thank you for sharing i have so many questions first what what do you mean when you say socially came out as trans yeah so um so i've known that i am trans for at least three years okay and so 
this year I like when I say socially came out like um like I came out on social media and I'm also out like on my zoom account so like (laughs) immediately when people see my name and they see my pronouns they're like oh and then they see my face and so there's like there's that and with dating as soon as I talk to someone that is like in my bio it's one of the first things that I share with people um Mm. and so the like the idea of just like the public eye being on my transness Mm. is what I mean by the, the like socially coming out okay that makes sense that makes sense uh I I was reading and hearing you talk about uh coming out versus coming into I believe into yourself is that something that you would kind of relate to saying socially coming out versus like three years ago you knowing that you were trans how would you talk about that absolutely um so for me um coming out was like when I was uh, younger I came out as queer and for me the feeling of like coming out is more trepidatious it's so fearful it's like oh my gosh please accept me like you know and coming in or like inviting people in is more like hey this is where the party's at this is what we're doing over here and feel free to come on in but if not like there's a door (laughs) goodbye Oh, I love that. I love that. It's like you're inviting them to your party versus trying to get an invitation to theirs. That's awesome. I've never heard it phrased that way before. And I, I loved it because there's just so much there when it comes to like a queer person's journey of when they first come to terms with it, not come to terms with, but when they first start asking themselves the question and are like, so many people I've talked to have like the memory when they said it out loud to themselves or wrote it down for the first time being this monumental experience. And then there's the time that takes just internally before, before anyone gets to be into that space with you, it's yours. It's all yours. And it's such a, such a beautiful part of the journey. And I just, I love the way that you put that. Yes. Absolutely. I I wrote it down too. And it's, I like I wrote it in my journal and I just like threw the journal across the room and I cried all night. Oh. And I was like, no, it can't be. I'm a Christian. Like, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> just oh, in denial. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> Been there, man. Oh my God. <laughs> what can I ask how old were you when you wrote that in your journal? I was sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. And then and then you were raised you're raised Christian from um the information I've gathered and what you're saying. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you like have ideas or thoughts that you might be queer before writing that in your journal? And then that's just when you like finally were able to get it out before? My whole life. Yes. Like, okay. I had so many crushes on people. I had so many like, moments with people that felt like they could have been queer adjacent um but I was always scared because I was just like oh my gosh I'm gonna go to hell and I'm gonna be you know seen as an abomination and like and I had so so like so much conflicted feelings around it like part of me was like this feels good and I think this is true and another part of me was like you're going to hell mm-hmm. you're an abomination this was wrong like And I felt those things so deeply, both as they were both true. And so, you know, like during that time when people would crack jokes about queer people, I would laugh with them. When people would like um, talk down about queerness, I would be like, yeah, like that's so true. Like I would agree with them. And while another part of me was just like, like dying, like feeling so Mm -hmm. like, hurt and just like how could you say that you know and so it wasn't until I was 16 that I was just like shit like I have to acknowledge this part of myself I can't keep shutting it down and pretending it doesn't exist um but it wasn't until I was 19 that I actually came out and it wasn't until I was 20 that I 
fully processed my internalized homophobia. Mm. Okay. I'm happy you gave that timeline because I think it's so important to make it clear how much time it takes to go through that journey, how it all doesn't just happen at once. Like, oh, yay, I am now decided I'm bisexual and that means all my traumas figured out and this is how I feel. Homophobia is gone. It's there's so much to unpack. And when I was going through that journey, like it took me, I mean, it's still taking me like it's such a long journey and I felt kind of isolated by it because it, it seemed like so many people just had it figured out like that. Like they knew who they are. They found their queer identity. And so I'm so grateful that that you shared that that journey. What what did it take to get you to write that down at 16? Like, did something happen or did you just kind of decide, OK, I, I need to get this out? I think I just finished watching the L word, actually. And that was hard. Like, oh, there were some yeah. Where I was like, this is so sexy and I feel so turned on. And then immediately later I'd be like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Is there something wrong with me? And am I going to go to hell? Like, it was just those like huge mm. oscillations that kept happening. And other times, like I would literally feel sick to my stomach because like in my mind, it was just so wrong and like bad and evil and all these things. And so like that was a huge helper in me starting to process some of that internalized homophobia. Um, Even though like I wasn't ready yet, I just I finally just admitted to myself. I was like, I think I'm bisexual. And my um, one of my teachers, she actually had um, she used to purchase journals for me and stuff like that. Um, I would let I would share my poetry with her. And I was like, don't read past this particular page. And I like bookmarked it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I came in the next day and she was like, yeah, I forgot what you told me not to read. So I just read everything. No, 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 no. That. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I would be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Was she a cool teacher? Like, was she a safe place? Okay, she good. I'm like, cool. this could have gone in two different directions. Yeah. She was like, I'm proud of you for admitting that to yourself. And there was a part of me that was just like, kind of stunned though, because I was like, did I admit it though? I don't know. It still feels a little shaky right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But she was yeah. supportive. Oh, wait, tell me about like, like growing up, knowing that, is it okay that I'm saying knowing that you're queer or would you like me to say bisexual or that language well, is, is that okay? It's perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Just wanted to double check. Um, it always feels like I always feel the most connected to that word. Cause it just feels like an umbrella of all sorts of things. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, yes. So growing up, knowing that you're queer being involved in Christianity, what was it like with your body then? Like, feeling turned on by certain things, but then feeling, oh no, like that's bad that my body's feeling turned on. Like, what was that experience like? It was so painful. I was very upset with my clit a lot. Like I was very <laughs> <upset>. <laughs> and like I was like I remember just like being in middle school and just feeling like I was like, oh, I feel so big. I feel so like and honestly, it was middle school. Nobody was big. Like it was just, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was, it was different. I mean, just like, because for me, it was like always like competition. There was me and one other person who both already had large chests. And so people would compare us and be like, oh, like y'all have the basically the same size. And this person was white mm-hmm. and important for context because like, so she would say like, oh, you look nothing like me or you could never like, it would just be always. Oh God. You know? Wait, the person, so the person you were being compared to was white? Yes. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. And she always was upset about us being compared to each other. And so she would say a little snarky stuff and I would just be like, what the fuck? Like, and so this uh. is some per- a person that I was just like already 
we already didn't get along. And so Mm -hmm. it did suck to be compared to each other. But for me, I was just kind of like, I mean, they're not wrong. No one else in our class has titties. So like, (laughs) 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 but, um, yeah, we had major, major issues with each other. Like she was, she would always say like, I'm blacker than you. And I would just be like, what? What the fuck do you even mean right now? What? Like, is that so- what? Yeah, like I need a second now. Oh my god. I know, right? And and with that, like it was tough because also like the black folks would be like they would tell me, "Oh, you talk like a white girl." And yeah. so I was getting it from everybody. Like I was just like, "What the fuck, guys? Like why is everybody being so mean to me?" And so like mm-hmm. it was so hard to process and I didn't understand like what this person meant when she would say these things. And it was because like the kind of music she listened to, um, because she <laughs> she she was really good at copying the black scent, um, which is the black accent. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> it was just like <laughs> Okay, uh, so you perform blackness and you think that, that makes you more black than someone who's actually black? Like, all right. Oh, on so many levels, that is just everything that's wrong with so many things. I'm so sorry that that person existed in that kind of way. Wow. Wow. So it's kind of like not only were you dealing with trying to figure out your queer identity, but also like your blackness, like people wouldn't let you just be what you were like. That must have felt so isolating. Yeah, it definitely did. And I already felt like the weird kid because I hung out with everybody. I loved mostly hanging out with folks who liked fairies and like Dungeons and Dragons and shit (gasps) like that. Yes. It was never my vibe, but I was like, okay. y'all are cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. And yeah. what I couldn't identify then was like it was it's my witchiness. Like, and that's why I could connect to these folks because like we have so much in common. And then, but I hung up with everybody, the jocks, the nerds, the fucking everybody. So mm. because I, I could see myself like a little bit of myself in all the different cliques. And so I couldn't like just hang out with one group of people, but it, it made me feel like, damn, like why isn't there a group that can accept all of me? Like I have to split myself into all these parts. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. So did, did during all this, cause I've been thinking a lot lately about gender and about, um, what society has made cultural norms for girls and boys, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of how that plays a part in your growing up and who you decide to be friends with and who you hang out with, because this is what's expected of you, not because this is who you are. And I mean, from my understanding, there was at least when I was in high school, there was no, I don't even know if I knew what any of it, like that gender was even something that could be talked about. There was no, there was no openness. There was no question about it at all. Like, this is just how it is. And so I'm wondering, like, I find it so cool that you hung out with everybody, the jocks and the nerds and the Dungeons and Dragons people, five stars for them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that kind of like your exploration, or I'm not sure if this was even something that you were thinking of yet, but do you think your exploration with gender had any part in that? It's possible for sure, because like, I felt like even then I was seeking something um, greater than what was given to me. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, defying everything. And I mean, for so many reasons, but like I, when it came down to my clothing, I tried to wear baggier clothing. Um, because when I was growing up in my mind, like, people must be assaulting me because what I'm wearing like that, Mm. that must be what's happening. And so, because I would always, before that I would wear like tighter clothes and I was just like, yeah, like, but I felt comfortable. I was like, this is what I like. And 
that was like the peak of when I was getting assaulted. So I just assumed Ah. like, oh, it must be my clothing. And so I started to wear baggier clothes so I could hide and so that people wouldn't see what my body looked like. Um, But of course, that didn't work because it was not the clothes. So, yeah. um, yeah. Oh, Oh, gosh. Um, Right? And that's like part of the reason why I've always kind of disassociated from my body and not really felt like this is mine and like I can really connect to it. But yeah, so even then, like when I was a little kid, I liked to play with Legos. Um, I hated Barbie because Barbie didn't look like me. I would literally rip her head off. Understandable. (laughs) (laughs) You do that. She's so tall and skinny. Like Barbie sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, where are her curves? Why does she not have curves? I had, mm-hmm. I've had curves since I was like 11 years old. So I was deeply confused as to why Barbie didn't have curves. And like, oh like, man. Yeah. And like, oh. <laughs> there's so much that. there. Oh my you God. Brats. Yeah. Oh, brats was what the cool kids played with. I wasn't allowed to have brats and I don't know why, but all my cool friends had them. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I felt like brats, they looked like me. They looked more relatable than like minus their hair, but like they had fuller <laughs> lips, they they had curves, um, and they were short. So I was like, oh great, thank you. Representation. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. So so when you talk about dissociating from your body for different reasons from uh being assaulted to any of the things you've been talking about do you is that kind of around the time when you had trouble what you were saying earlier looking in the mirror like when you're washing your face or taking a shower like and not just trying to like not look at your body was that around the same time yeah I mean definitely ever since I was a little kid because like it's always been like an all eyes on me thing and I've always hated that mm-hmm. like even I was I was fully able to wash myself. My grandma washed me for a very long time in the living room. And it was just like, why is this happening? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. I was like eight years old by that point. I was like, I can do this myself. Like what is happening? Oh man. Just always felt on display in like so many different ways. Um, And so when it came down to like, me being alone with my body, it was just like weird and mm. deeply uncomfortable. Okay. Did it kind of feel like your body was not for you at all? Yeah. It was literally for everyone else. Okay. Which conditioning. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So then, so then when you, when you wrote out in your, in your journal at 16, that you think you're bisexual. Um, and then you said you didn't come out until you were 19 to your friends and family and stuff, right? Right. Okay. What was that time in between like for you? Mm. So we're talking end of high school to college. Um, very in denial. I um, had a boyfriend at the end of high school. And it was okay. Like, I mean, we had some amazing dates, but it was super clear that I didn't know anything about this person and we didn't have a real connection, but, um, he was a nice guy. And at the time, like that was enough for me. I was like, Oh, he's nice. And he likes thick women, which he he said it all the time. When we first met, he was just like, I'm Donovan and I like thick women. (laughs) (laughs) What a line. (laughs) What a line, dude. My gosh. (laughs) Our relationship went nowhere. Um, (laughs) um, And during that time, I was just like, huh, like this is interesting. Um, I went, I started college and um i met him and my roommate on the same day they were best friends mm-hmm. and i was just like, 
oh, this is cool. This this should be fun. It was not a good idea to be roommates with my boyfriend's best friend. Oh, boy. It ended up feeling like we were in a three-way relationship and we weren't. Ah. <laughs> and I was just like, huh, like maybe we should break up and then y'all two should date because... Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and I was going to ask like towards the end of our relationship if he wanted an open relationship so that he could also date her. But then I was like, yeah, the only point of that would be to to like save our non-existent relationship. So mm-hmm. let's just break up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you can decide if you want to be with her or not. And then I can just move the hell on. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah. And so like I waited for a bit. And then um, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to change my Tinder settings to women only. And we'll see what happens. Oh, what happened? <laughs> I got my first girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh my gosh. So much celebration. So was was that kind of the, the moment when you decided you wanted to come out and be out like publicly, like let people know was the end of that relationship? Well, it was 30 minutes before my first date with my first girlfriend. I came oh, wow. out. To- <laughs> yep. Oh boy. <laughs> it was a rough experience i came up to my mom as pansexual um and she had all these questions and i had zero answers and i was freaking out and i was crying and it was a lot and yeah uh, yeah and i was like well she's gonna be here in like 10 minutes so i'm just gonna go (laughs) (laughs) oh wow (laughs) just a real quick combo with mom and i'm out the door on my first date and it's all good peace We're good now. oh man go you that's bold that's cool that is a bold move i love that it's i was such a scared and i just yeah. couldn't say it before i was just like well you need to know now because she's literally gonna pick me up in 30 minutes so wow <laughs> Oh, man, can I ask, like, how how it went in in telling her, like, how that felt, how, I mean, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but, like, the response, what was that like? So, like, I came in, and I sat at the edge of her bed, and I was like, Mom, I need to tell you something. And she was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like, um... So I'm, I, uh, I am pansexual and I have a, 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 um, a girlfriend and (laughs) she's going to be here really soon to pick me up for our first date. And my mom was like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Ballistic. And I was just like. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and then she's just like, now, what, what is a pansexual? And I was like, the way you just said that. Now, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Explaining it. And I was just like, what, like through the tears and through the sniffling, I'm like explaining it. And she's like, now, how is that different from bisexual? Oh my god! <laughs> Just drilling you with Q and A's. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, you rough. did it. That I sounds it. like a emotional roller coaster. That and then going out on your 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 first date with your girlfriend like that. Wow. That was such yeah. a big, like, you choose you moment. That's so cool. You're like, this is who I am, and this is what I'm going to do. And you went and did it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you were 19 when this happened. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. Now, when you started, I- I'm sure it was like a long, well, I know it's a long journey, but like when you started, uh, 
being out and letting people know about your identity and you had a girlfriend. Did you notice any kind of shift in your relationship with yourself? Um, yes, I was, um, I was so into this person, just like so into her. I was all over her and I was like, yeah, like all of my like, like 19 years worth of fantasy. I was like, let's do it. Like I was so oh, excited. So relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was her fifth uh, relationship, but she was like really nervous and was just like, no, like let's kind of tone it down, especially when we're in public. Like, you know, she was very, very nervous and I didn't understand. And I was just like, Oh, okay. You know? And so I would like sneak kiss her in public and it was so cute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh wow. Our first day was awkward as hell though. Like really? Yeah. Like, oh my it God. So interesting. It went fast too. Like the, well, just like us talking to each other. We talked on Tinder for a month and we changed, we exchanged numbers and um she was like you know you're my girlfriend right and i was like <laughs> i know now yeah I know now. thanks for <laughs> filling me in <laughs> right? oh my gosh i was like oh, okay wow. well, we should probably yeah. have some dates then <laughs> we should probably hang out in person maybe <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a journey. That's such a that's such an exciting time. Like everyone always when I first came out and I was like going on on dates with with women for the first time, everyone my sister was always calling it my second adolescence and like I was acting like a 12-year-old who like just had my first kiss it felt like and just oh my god, pinkies <laughs> and it's just like the biggest thing like writing in my diary about it. I felt like a little kid and it's so fun because it feels like you get to experience so much that honestly we we missed out on growing up and we deserve to go through that kind of awkward fun first date kind of figuring out what you like stuff where you're just you get to be you just get to be a kid about it Mm. respectfully but like you know what i mean (laughs) yes i know what you mean i mean it's so beautiful like it's it's just so fun and then like I still have those moments sometimes now, like recently, um, especially because I, this is my first year out as a trans person and mm. um, being able to like, like I approach intimacy differently now. And like, I learned that like certain touch feels misgendering. And so, but there's other touch that feels very euphoric and like, Oh, this mm. is so good. And um, so I had this really cool experience where, like, um, I was like spanking someone, and I was like, "Oh, I've never done this." Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh, tell me, no. right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> was so fun. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the twelve-year-old boy in me is so excited!" Oh, I love that. <laughs> the twelve-year-old boy in you deserves that so much and so much more. I love that so much. <laughs> I like have goosebumps on my legs right now because I'm so excited. My gosh. So, so you can't remind me again, how long you've been out as trans one year. Well, this is my first year, January. I came out in January. So, okay. What, what brought you to that's probably a whole nother podcast, but like what brought you to that decision and, and how did, what that look like? That's, that's such a journey. I have so many questions. Yeah, it, it was very much like caterpillar to butterfly. Um, mm. So lots of grief now of like I'm grieving womanhood um, and saying goodbye. Sorry. Um, and just like leading up to it, the past mm-hmm. few years, I've been reading so much about gender. And I read this article um, and mentioned RuPaul. He has this quote that's like, we're, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. And I was oh like, my gosh. Yes. Oh, more goosebumps. That was amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Life changing. This article was so good. And it just talked about how, um, like all of it is a performance. All of it is like socially, uh, you know, driven into us. And, 
like all these constructs and I was like yo yes there's so many constructs and it just felt so like riveting and like deeply connected to me then I also read about um two-spirit and third gender and I was like yes (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. it's like how I feel about myself isn't exactly woman and it isn't exactly man like it just doesn't feel like these terms don't feel enough to describe my actual ex- human and spiritual experience mm-hmm. on this on this field and, and you know all the things I've been experiencing I'm just like I feel like the terms aren't big enough like just absolutely so oh my um, god yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I just researched and tried to absorb as much information as I could. Um, And for a while, I was like, okay, I'm non binary. Mm Yeah, that's really good. And then um, I was just, I joined some groups and I asked everyone, I was like, hey, are we trans? Like, I don't know, but like, I think we might be trans. And the responses were so mixed. Some people were like, we're definitely not trans. We're just on binary. Like, that's not even a good question. And I was like, all right. Sorry. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> and then some people were like, yes, literally by definition, we are trans. Like the trans definition literally is the non-binary definition. And I was like, all right. Hmm. And the responses in the middle were the most helpful. And I saw this article and it, it was um, talking about imposter syndrome um, as a trans person from the non-binary perspective and how when you're non-binary, it's not necessarily like you may not feel the same feelings that you hear a lot of trans people talk about, like dysphoria, or like you may not feel um, like you need to be in a different body. And so it can be harder to know that you actually are trans. And so we, we put these qualifiers on ourselves of like, well, I don't necessarily feel this way. I don't want to do this thing. So that means I can't be trans. But we, what we don't realize is that transness doesn't always look like Laverne Cox or poise, not poise. Pose. <laughs> I was like, poise. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, it's a <laughs> I know, right? It's like, I'm but thinking yeah. of the wrong thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. the one is like, transness is so expansive, but we don't get to see that representation. And sometimes it's difficult to know if you really fit. Um, and so, I was oh my God, this is, these are my exact feelings right now. And that's when it became super clear to me. I was like, I am trans. And so once I like made that realization for myself, like I've been walking in that. Um, And so this year, actually not even just like this year, but like within the past like couple of months, I've started to feel dysphoric. And in some Mm -hmm. ways, like, validated the the like dysphoria feels a little bit validating around like oh yeah you're trans Mm. (laughs) and like trans in a way that you're accustomed to seeing transness um which at the same time like i hope that doesn't feel invalidating for anyone to hear because like just because you don't have those experiences or you do or you don't have those experiences like your transness gets to look different than anyone else's Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's tricky like that like it's always great to feel validated. But then at the same time it sucks that you like had to feel validated in order to feel like you could be who you were are. Yeah. Wow. So or wait, can you talk again? I'm sh- I don't think I have your audio anymore. Uh-oh. Oh, I got you. I got you. Sorry. I think my computer cut out. I was like, oh, no, not right now. (laughs) Not now, computer. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, so being, being trans, it just sounds like the most freeing thing to me to just get to look inward and be who you are. And I don't know. I, I feel like 
I am new to the comp newish to the conversation about gender. I'm definitely new to, to learning. I feel like I'm at like the beginning of this. I want to read and consume all the information I possibly can because there's just so many questions and things that we've had. I've had throughout life that I didn't know I was allowed to ask. I didn't know I was allowed to feel this certain way or wonder, like there's so much shame. It's like there's these teeny tiny little lanes that we have to walk down and we're either a boy or we're a girl and everything on the outside is just like fire and shame and badness. And so even like kind of leaning out, it's just, it's so. And then on top of that, like you were saying, like, thinking we're going to go to hell if we even like kind of look the other way. It just, there's so much stuff that's just crap back there that now getting to like be at the beginning for me, be at the beginning of this like journey, learning about gender and learning about my gender and how I want to feel and identify and getting to hear your beautiful story about figuring out how you feel and you identify. It's so, it's just so cool. It, it's, it's what makes me love. I just love being queer so much because it takes away all that. Well, once you get through processing the inner homophobia and stuff, it like it takes away that fire and that shame. And it's just like the slate is clean. Just like just like you said, RuPaul said, mm-hmm. we are naked and now the rest is dry. Like, that's just it's so cool. Sorry for my rambling. I'm just stoked. So <laughs> beautiful and i'm loving the vibe i'm loving that we had this instant connection like it's just it's so good yes me too me too so so tell me um how can people how can people find you in your work and your business and and do you want to give like a little insight about that yeah um so i'm on instagram primarily well only um and my instagram (laughs) is black the letter n queer divinity and I just wanted to give the reminder that I work with BIPOC queers um and for folks who are white bodied queers I do have um folks that I could refer you to Mm. (laughs) just like not at the top of my head but you'd like you could like send a message and then I like send yeah (laughs) yes no that's awesome I was I was reading uh Actually, the last thing I think I read before starting this interview was um, you talking about that in a post and how uh, white people will pay triple so that they can pay for BIPOC people to be able to do it. And I think that is the best idea and coolest thing ever, because like you said, there are so many white coaches, white everything. And the Mm -hmm. fact that they want to come, we want to come and take a spot from you like it's just that's really cool so it's important for those of you listening um gosh now i'm gonna butcher it again but just go check out manny's page and you'll read you'll read all about that but just know that it makes so much sense anyway i'm sorry back to you (laughs) (laughs) no that was beautiful thank you for mentioning that absolutely i love it yeah um so i have one-on-one coaching available self-intimacy coaching um there's also um like we tap into sexual trauma we dive into the ancestral we dive into the spiritual we expand your capacity to love and if you need to we you break up with your boyfriend or whomever you're dating yeah <laughs> dump his ass okay <laughs> I love it. that's what happens like you, <laughs> when you start to work on yourself you recognize all that doesn't serve you and you start snip snip yeah oh my god yeah oh man i, I gear into therapy and that was just goodbye to a lot of things for me that's how you know it's good it's good healing Wow. Okay. Well, Manny, I have one, I have one final question for you and it has nothing to do with literally anything we've talked about, but it's also the most important question you will ever be asked. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Would you rather be a unicorn farmer? These (laughs) unicorns are not your typical unicorns. Like they're not pink and sparkly and like, I don't know, whatever people think about unicorns, there's a lot of movies and stuff. They're more like 
think of like really, really, really sassy, snarky hippos. Like they have the persona, the entire essence and personality of really sassy, snarky hippos. I don't know a lot about hippos, but I feel like a sassy one would be a little bit dangerous. Um, like I don't want to piss. I don't want to piss them off. Now, as this farmer, you have a very unique, one of a kind job. Like no one else in the world has a job like you. You have the stories to tell. You get to bring your friends to work so they could see these sassy hippo unicorns. You you make decent money. Like you make like you're not rich, but you make a, over a living wage. Like you're doing well. You're doing well, and you also like have the opportunity to have one of the unicorns as a personal pet if they like you enough it's up to them it's all up okay. to them they're consent. sassy yeah yeah <laughs> consent consent for the unicorns or or would you rather have a job where you had to ah uh, where you had to wear a monkey costume at the zoo and convinced the other monkeys that you are one of them in order to do top secret research about monkeys so we can save say they were endangered so we could save their endangered species you're trying to find out what they're interested in and what 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 gets them going sexually so that we can start making more monkey babies so they won't go extinct what do they like to eat you kind of you just you get the end but first you got to convince them you're one of them and then take off the suit and you're this like super famous monkey saving animal enthusiast conservate all the words that people use when it comes yeah. to like taking care of the world you are all of them wow. yes which which one which one sounds better i think it's a tough choice i think it's a really tough choice <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty basic question, but I think oh. it's still. <laughs> you can ask it at least once a day. So, <laughs> oh, honestly, I think I want to be the unicorn farmer. Like, yeah, that would be such a vibe. Like, I fucking love unicorns. Me too. And, right when yeah. you were like consent for the unicorns, I was like, that's a whole inside joke. <laughs> so funny <laughs> yes consent for the you they deserve it they deserve they it the do. unicorns are people too it works out <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely oh that's so awesome well please let me be one of your friends that you bring to work so i can meet the sassy unicorns absolutely. that's gonna be so fun we will race them we will have tea parties with them we will do whatever it is they do, which I don't know what they do, but we'll find out. <laughs> we will learn. <laughs> That's all we really want out of it, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Gotta love a good cuddle Manny, it has been so much fun talking to you, getting to pick your brain and ask you questions and learn about your story and your business and your, your new unicorn career. It's going to be wonderful. But thank you. Thank you so much so so much for for being a part of this conversation uh all the links to manny's social media etc will be in the description box below and yeah yeah manny thank you so much for being here ah, we fucking did it <laughs> yes yes we did all right is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off or stop recording, uh, I mean. Yeah, everybody love yourself. Yes. They came through. Everybody <laughs> love yourself. All right, we'll talk soon, Manny. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Unity Project. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes that you've heard, please go give it a rating anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, any of the places... Also, if you want to connect further, then go follow me on Instagram at JackieG.TV. Send me a message there. Ask anything that you want. Uh, I got links there if you want to check out my book, if you want to get more involved in the podcast. Everything's there. Love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.